0: Welcome back. Episode 41, Cutoffs and Coffee. James NCT here from T3 Performance. As always, today on episode 41, we have Dominic Jones. DJ is the co-founder of Legacy U and executive director of the Legacy Youth Football League in Columbus, Ohio. He's also a father, a former professional football player, a husband, an entrepreneur, one of the hardest workers in the business. This is a guy I got to know very well playing football with him in the arena football league here in Cleveland. And then he spent a couple of years coaching the teams that I was playing for. And I've always looked up to DJ. Um, He's just an incredible human being and he's got some incredible thoughts and he has been doing some really great things in Columbus. And so listen to this episode. You're going to get his story, how we got to where he's at and how he thinks we as individuals who work with children and, and parents who have children, he gives us his take on what he thinks the best things we can do for these children to make sure that they have great futures.
1: This episode is brought to you by Underdog Fitness tri-blend t-shirt, the second best t-shirt to work out in. Obviously, cut off some coffee gear. That's number one. All right. But we can also cut the sleeves off of this guy. This is a tri-blend. It's super comfortable. You might as well get to one to work out in and one to just hang out in.
0: I know I've got my two that I wore both yesterday. One's a cutoff. One's got the sleeves on. So like James always says, take the tarp off. Got the the guns out. So if you like what we're doing here on Cutoffs and Coffee, like, subscribe, share, follow. Hit us up. Let us know who you want to hear on. Give us five-star review. Let us know what you think about it. Get the gear. Support. We appreciate everybody for listening. Without further ado, guys, episode 41. Let's do it. Cutoffs and Coffee with DJ. Enjoy. DJ, welcome to Cutoffs and Coffee, man. Episode 41. We're happy to have you. How are you doing today?
2: Doing good, man. By yourself. Thanks for having me.
0: Yes, of course. I'm, I'm, I'm so glad we could make this happen, dude. So much awesome stuff going on in your life um, to talk about here on the podcast. I want to kick this thing off. i asking ask you a couple questions just to um, get us going. So for the people who don't know Dominic Jones, What's one thing that we need to know about you that we can't find from a quick Google or Instagram search?
2: I have to say, um, I'm, 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 I'm in love with the game of golf, and and <laughs> and, and and you might not see that anywhere, you might not read that anywhere, but you know I didn't play, you know, since I've been a kid. I just picked it up three years ago, but I'm in love with it. You know, so that's, that's probably the one thing that people can Google about, I mean, that can't find on Google. Um, I had to say, give, give one more answer too, if I can get to probably would of course. be, um, I have a, I have a shoe addiction, you know, and, and. You know, again, I don't post frequently about it. Nobody would know it, but like that's just one of my addictions that you know I just can't I can't really shake right now. Sure. What's,
0: what's your favorite shoe? And I'm a novice shoe guy. Like I don't I don't know much about them. But
2: a, yeah, I'm a Nike guy. Like I yeah. I'm just naturally a Nike guy, which is like slash Jordan, you know, and I'm just like waiting for drops. I'm like, okay talking to my kids about the releases that's coming out now so like I gotta stay connected I gotta stay connected man you know
0: yeah so. I um the the well, the answer fours the Iversons with like the little half zipper yes. in the front those were the first time I ever saw a shoe and I thought oh I get it
2: yeah like yeah. I
0: get why people are in love with these um, yeah. and then recently the, the Jordan ones every time I would never recognize any shoe anybody had. But if I see somebody with the ones, you like, I, I'm then like, okay, what yeah, what are those? Those look pretty smooth.
2: Yeah. Um yeah,
0: had a follow-up question with the golf too. Why why did you start? Why'd you start so late?
2: No, no, no. Listen, I always thought golf was just a white man sport. It was just like, man, I ain't here, man. Like I ain't, you know what I mean? Like you turn on the TV, like I it was slow, it was kind of born you got the guy that's when they're talking quiet and this is just talking like this and he's playing this. and it's like you know what I mean it's just like ah, I'm cool when you put it that way yeah I don't I don't want to go play again and then, yeah and then literally I was um I was transitioning to the non-profit stuff and and obviously we'll get to that a little bit later but um and I got invited to an outing so I was like, man, I don't really play. It's like, man, just come and, and I mean, really, it's about you know just having a good time for real. You know, hanging, get the, get the golf cart going. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Just, just come out there, just dress the part. You, you can be okay. And I, um, I went out there. I wasn't dressed to part. I, I thought <laughs> I was until I got out there. Like, mm, I'm not really dressed how I should be. And then, uh, get up here and give it a whist. You know what I mean? And so I get up there, and I'm swinging. And I was just like, I've never felt so embarrassed like with a sport for real, like ever. Like, I mean, no matter what I've done, you know what I mean? I always felt like I was pretty good to compete rather I mean, whatever it is. And so when I started swinging that club and I was just horrible. So I was like, okay, like, I'm like, I'm probably going to get invited to more outings, you know, just the nature of what I'm doing and, you know, my circle. So um, I'm about to get out here and really start learning. And I went out there. Um I went to play it again sports. So I didn't spend, I think I maybe spent $80 on a on an old set. And mm-hmm. I just started, I just started going out there playing. I started going to the range. Like um, I never got a teacher. I just kind of talked to people, okay. That's how you do this. Okay. I looked up some stuff on YouTube and I just self-taught myself for like the first two years, and I literally just got lessons <laughs> like maybe like eight months ago. You know what I mean? So I kind of oh, yeah. did probably the reverse opposite, but um uh, yeah probably again being embarrassed at a at a at an outing was probably the thing that clicked for me like man let me let me go do this you know and so um obviously there's great added benefits from it man I love it just for my for my mental health and and you know just understanding the game now too got a greater appreciation for it um you know and and uh but yeah man, I wish I would have got a hold of it a lot earlier
1: Has the shoe addiction crossed over into the golf uh, skill acquisition? And have you merged those? You got some pretty nice golf shoes, I'm assuming.
2: Y'all got a second? Like two (laughs) seconds. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) All right. Give me like two seconds. Okay. All right. right.
0: If you're uh, watching the video, I guess if you're not, DJ just ran out. Um, James fired him up. With the golf shoe question. I was thinking, I was thinking the same thing because they do have those little attachments you can put on any shoe. Yep.
1: You can convert. Which really expands
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> which really expands the type of shoe. We're gonna have people out there on Crocs.
2: Expanded these bad boys. Oh, here we go. Oh man.
1: Wow. Yeah. Now, did you convert that? We were just talking about how they have conversion kits now for golf shoes. Did you convert those into golf
2: shoes or or did you get those like that? Yeah, we got these like this. So wow. The Jordan Taxi 12, the Jordan Taxi 12 golf shoes is a real thing, like a real release. Oh man. Had to happen, never,
0: man. <laughs> had to had to happen. There are some things happen. that you that, oh. that come up and you think oh I can't live life without without yeah. this. Yeah. In, so in, early in early. golf, especially, it's about how good
1: you look. Um, you know, it's not it's not about how you play.
2: Because you're um, not going to play like you've established that you're not probably yeah, going to
1: play. We're not going to be good. Let's look good doing that at least.
0: Man, <laughs> yeah, we're we're gonna we're gonna play just fine. <laughs> we're gonna play just fine, but we're gonna look way better than that. DJ, our our, our second question is always: What was the most recent skill that you've taught yourself um, or something you're currently working on? And so is there something that you can think of outside of your golf game?
2: Yeah, for sure. I, um, um, I picked this up, um, to actually save money. And I like just been recently just kept doing it. So, um, when I first started my company, um, one of the things that we needed, but didn't necessarily have a budget for was marketing material, like flyers and, um, You know, any type of graphics that need to be uh, posted via social, et cetera. And um, so I like, when I got a couple of softwares, like, and just started learning. And and so to see my first ever, like, graphic I made to see where I'm at now, I mean, a lot of people still don't know that. That's like a, you know, hidden secret because Mm -hmm. I don't like doing it for other people. You know what I mean? Um, but you know, for me to sit down and take a few hours to like create and design a lot of our, anything that we post with legacy, U or legacy youth Academy, like I'm doing the graphic side of it, you know what I mean? And so again, nobody really knows that, but that's a skill that I've picked up over the last three years just to be able to save money, you know? So visually, like I want to pass it on, but I've been kind of like, I like it. So it's just like but I'm going to have to pass one at some point to somebody else to do.
0: We we talked about it a couple of weeks ago but I, I think there's definitely a benefit to having for, from having our sports background to doing something creative and artistic and expressive. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's so interesting when athletes it seems to be a lot of times like post career too get into it and it's just something they enjoy because it's not head to head collision it's not aggressive it's not yeah. use your strength and speed it's like really sit down look at something think about it meditate over it and yeah. create it yeah. um, and that's such a that's such a great thing to have like for me it, 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 music has has been like that since you know since I was playing and it's cool to see the the graphic design stuff yeah. um, so but good. i mean you got to have you know both kind of the, the yin and the yang there i think no that's awesome because you have, you you do have some cool stuff. Obviously you, you were in the legacy gear and we'll get in that conversation here shortly, um, but I was scrolling through Twitter and you, and you had those videos, those legacy videos, yeah. are, are you doing some of that stuff or is it. So,
2: yeah. So I don't touch the videos right now and I probably won't. Cause as I say, my lane, I don't got a time to break down, you
0: know? Yeah. Cause those were, those were tough.
2: Yeah, man. And so, those were we, tough. And, 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 and it honestly makes it hard to like. You know our video guy was a young dude, um, and he was just trying to get in the game. But he was super dope to me, and so I, I was like, "Yo, this is when I was running the Destroyers." I'm like, "Yo, won't you come and do some stuff for the Destroyers?" He was like, "All right, cool, I'm gonna do it." He did a pro bono, the first one, mm-hmm. and um, I took him to the team at the time, and the team was like, "Now nah, we cool, we got our video people." I was like, "All right," so I still snuck him into the the, the, the facility one day. I got like four or five players to meet me there at like 6 a.m and we shot we took like an hour to do, you know just do dope shoot and then after a staff meeting one day when the owners came in too I was like oh by the way like I got this video I want to show everybody real quick it's gonna take about you know 60 seconds it was like all right I showed it to them it was like who did this <laughs> how much how much does it cost can they keep doing it you know what i mean and so oh, yeah that point on we end up hiring him to to do all of our videos and all that stuff uh with the destroyers and then that catapulted kind of him into a lot of other opportunities and I mean, he doing documentaries with uh bowling green now and all the other stuff so i tell him like bro don't forget about the little people bro like you're right, right right know, but nah he he's he's super dope young again artistic um You know, but he understands our vision and our brand. I think that's why the videos work, because he's like, let me take your attitude and your personality and throw it into these videos um, to reflect truly who we are. And I think that's dope. But again, it makes it hard for me sometimes because it's almost like the graphics has to match the same energy and attitude as the videos. You know what I mean? But they're not the same people doing it. And and so, um, but yeah, man, so the video piece is something I won't I won't I won't never touch. But, you know. Um, yeah, trying to stay locked in with this.
0: Yeah, there you go. Well, tell us your story, man. Um, you know, we talked about the destroyers a little bit. We'd love to hear about, about that, about your time with the Cavs. Yeah. Um, you know, play, playing college professionally, you've done a, a ton of stuff. Yeah. Um, kind of run us, run us through your story and get us up to – basically up to speed of where you're at now.
2: Yeah, man. Uh, you know, born and raised Columbus, Ohio. Um, went to, uh, the Brookhaven high school in Columbus, Ohio. I'll call it the factory, you know, Brookhaven high school is synonymous with some of the top, um, high school, known high schools around the country when it comes to basketball, football, track girls, basketball, et cetera. And so, um, you know, we, we, we won our first ever city league state championship in football. Um, we beat, uh, Avon Lake, um, you know it'd be avon lake where they was i think they was like they hadn't lost in like two years when we beat them too and um they had guys like trey Strauss and and means and um had a lot of a lot of a lot of guys that was going to one at the time but when it won won state championship you know um left there and, and went to the university of minnesota people always ask me how the hell did you get to the university of minnesota from columbus and um you know, we got there because I was originally committed to Pittsburgh. Honestly, verbally committed to Pitt, and I committed to Pitt because at the time when I went and visited, it was uh, you know, Larry Fitzgerald, it was you know, Darrell Revis, it was, I mean, it was it was it was LeSean McCoy. Like it was a lot of, it was a lot of cats there that was like putting on in Pittsburgh was, you know, it was doing it. I mean, um, they had Dave Weinstein, I believe. You know who formerly coached in the nfl so you know he had nfl type staff um it just was a it just was a dope you know i was like yo like i could see myself here was wasn't that far from home and then um i had my that was going to my junior year so i committed as a sophomore like going into my junior year so after my junior year we want to uh, you know i won um i win a d2 player of the year you know that year um, and then I went to a uh, a Michigan camp, and and then you know I got into it with Mario Manningham. So me and Mario Manningham it was a Nike All American camp, but it was held at Michigan. We start going one on one. He won one, and I came back and won one, and he won two, and I came back and won two, and so like we going back and forth. So basically, the camp start saying like uh, it was Charles Wilson and you know Marcus Ray, just a lot of people over there. They like. I see them two go at it again. So now the whole campus is watching us two go back and forth at we talking okay. Shit. And um and then after that, um the last sword's so last rep, we literally got into like a, a scuffle. It was it, it, it was heading that way. We got into it, they threw a deep ball and he kind of like had it. And I was like fighting through it all the way to the ground and I like pulled it out. So some people were like, nah, I was a cat. Some people were like, nah, that's incomplete. And we got up and started drawing, we start fighting. And so, um, you know, it came, broke us up, and then, you know, we separated. They ended it. And the next thing you know, we had um, some of the GAs came to us, like, you know, during lunch, like, hey, uh, Coach wants to see you. I'm like, damn, I like kicked out of that camp. Like, it's crazy. You know what I mean? And so I get upstairs uh, to Lloyd Carr, who was coach at the time. I get, up, I get upstairs to the office, and um, it's Lloyd Carr couple other people, deep a, a back coach, wide receiver coach. And Mar- I see Mario standing right there too. I'm like, damn. Like we both about to get kicked out. But really, he was just like, y'all good now? And we was like, yeah. And he was just like, okay. He was like, how you both like to be Wolverine? And kind of just, just like, yeah. he was like, yeah. Like I'm like, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I know he like, I know you committed, but like, you know, What's up? And I'm like, I right, just got to talk to the fam, but like I'm, I'm 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 with it. Like and and so um and so I at, at that point in time, I thought that I literally was going to like decommit from Pitt and go to the Michigan. That wasn't something I put out there, but like at least internally with my family, like I was like strongly considering, like, yeah, I'm about to just go to Michigan. And at the time, you know, they was putting out of backs, you know what I mean? They was, they was, they was uh, I mean, they was putting people in the league, you know what I mean? Um, and so I was like, cool. Like in my high school was blue and gold. My, my youth football team in Columbus was blue and gold. So I'm like, all right, the synergy is there. Like, and then I remember uh, coming back to uh, my senior year. uh, I remember Mitch Browning. Uh, I'll never forget. He was um, one of the top recruiters at the time in the country. And um, he was, he was an office of line coach for university of Minnesota, but uh, he knew Columbus through and through. And, um, he came to our school one day and was just talking that talk to us. And then, um, you know, I and and honestly, I I never I never wanted to disrespect any recruiter. Even if I didn't think that I was gonna go to that college, but um, I was jokingly told told Mitch like, "Yo, man, if you can get me, my brother, my cousin, you know, my other cousin a scholarship, like, give me four scholarships, man. We 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 come to Minnesota, man. But you gotta get us all four scholarships. You know, so I'm like, and I need a number two, you know what I'm saying? And so he was like, all right, like, let me work on that. He like, give me like a week. I was like, all right. And so not thinking that like he would go do it, um, but within a week, like he came back, like, listen, I got three scholarships and your cousin, I can't get him a scholarship, but I can get him a preferred walk-on. I give him some additional dollars outside of football but, and all four of y'all can be there. I was like, you serious. He was like, yeah. And, and so, um, it was still big 10 ball. We felt like, you know, like we didn't care what we would. We, we thought we could play. You know what I mean? And so, we it's like, fuck it, let's go there. You know what I mean? We wanted them to visit. And, and, you know, we loved it. We liked it. And and, and so, um, we 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 committed there. So, I spent two years there. Um, had, had some success in the as a true freshman. I started, ironically, um, we had three games with two non-conference games and, um, no, three non-conference games. And I was, I, I might've played like 30 to 40 plays on defense as, as a, as a nickel back. I started as the punt returner my true freshman year, but that was the extent of me playing. And then the fourth game or our, our fourth game of the year, our starting safety got hurt. It was the NFL draw, draft uh, prospect, like second overall pick projection. I mean, second round pick. Uh, projection and uh, he got hurt ended his career shoulder injury and the next game so he was out the next game was Michigan week i'm 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 literally in meetings preparing from a defensive back perspective from a corners perspective and they called me into a meeting afterwards like yeah, we moving you to safety this week you we started you know it was like in the big house too I was like all right like so my first college game actually ever starting was in the big house against Michigan. They were ranked um, we were, we were, we were like ranked, but we were lower ranked than them. And we went in the big house and we won. Um, it's like a Big Ten instant classic too. Lawrence Maroney, Gary Russell, they break long runs, and, and we ended up winning the last second field goal. I actually had an interception against Mario. They, they was throwing the ball to Mario Manningham.
0: I was gonna say, say Manningham had to be there then, right? Yeah, he was there. Yeah. yeah. So,
2: so I wasn't guarding him per se one on one. But we had some interactions with him throwing the ball, me coming, catching and hitting, you know, some jaw going back and forth with that. And then they threw because um, Chad Henney was the quarterback at the time. Chad Henney double pumps. You know, it was a double move on the outside, and uh, he gets our corner. I'm playing a free. Whew. I fly over there, though. Boom, intercepts the ball. My interception is called back from a, a late hit on the quarterback. Birth of the passer so I took away my fucking interception but um you know man but it was a, it was a it was a great experience you know what i mean everything kind of just came in full circle but then um so there for two years and um man, ended up getting in trouble and um ended up getting in trouble man got a you know got accused of sexual assault and uh which was a crazy a crazy time because at that point in time like i, w- I had already played two years like I was freshman first big team, big Ten. Like I was, you know, my second year, I led the big 10 in safeties and tackles and, and I was leading the country in pump return. I mean, big 10 and pump return, kickoff return averages. I was like in the top five in the country in terms of kickoff return, pump return averages in division one, two or three, you know, I was leading over cats like Ted Ginn, Steve Breston, uh, Derek Williams, like some of the top cats at that time, you know what I'm saying? Deshaun Jackson, um, you know, and, you know, my numbers was right up there with those, you know what I'm saying, with those guys. And so that momentum kind of was taken away and then, um, you know, I ended up getting acquitted, you know, of that. Um, but I also ended up, you know, moving out of the uh, University of Minnesota and um, I had to figure out, like, you know, you know what I was going to do. And, and so in that year of transition, I ended up um, ended up leaving Minnesota. Uh, eventually, and enrolled into Bond University. So it was a D3 school in Columbus, Ohio, in, in West of Ohio, but really Columbus. And, um, you know, they're in the same league. as like Mount Union and, you know, and all those guys. So, um, so, I mean, I went there, man, it was, you know, my first year there, I was a D3 All-American um, in two positions, you know what I mean, um, you know, as a returner and as a safety. And um, at that specific time, too, I was leading the country on kickoff return average, too. I was averaging like almost like 40 yards per return or some shit. It was something crazy. Um, And then, uh, you know, so after that, you know, I was drawing a lot of NFL interest still, you know, and, and so I was like, you know, Neil Cornridge was my agent at the time. And Neil was like, I think you, I think you good. Like you probably, you know, because of your route here, teams probably won't draft you, but don't worry about that. Like, have to get drafted and ain't sticking on the team like a lot of free agents will stick to the team like we're gonna get you signed somewhere and so draft came it went we had a lot of interest and I went to like three four teams bro um and couldn't pass a physical you know and I put my shoulder had messed up in college at minnesota and I needed surgery I never got the surgery and, and uh my, you know, my shoulder kind of healed wrong everybody knew I was a thumper too like I was I was physical um so that was a large part of you know, why, like, oh, okay, we, we, you know, we're not about to spend the money on a cat who, you know, who has some technically some issues and, and, and um, but now his body ain't a hundred percent too. You know what I mean? Um, nah, probably not. You know what I mean? And so, um, uh, so at the time I'm like, all right, cool. I contemplated not playing no more. And then I got to end up getting a call from Ron Selesky and, um, you know, and Selesky was just like, you know, how you, how, how do you feel about kind of playing arena ball? And I was just like, mm. didn't know much about it, honestly. And, um, and so he, he, he invited me up to a practice and, and I was there and I was like, okay, he was like, you want to, I'm like, okay. Yeah. Like, so end ended up signing me, I went to my first training camp arena and, and, and kind of never looked back, man. You know, I started picking up the game, you know, I think I had some good, I had some good people around me with like Tim Cheatwood and, You know, Joe Fennessy at the time, um, Levy Brown was a special cat too back then, Um, you know, but I started learning, understanding to learn the game and it kind of just took off, bro. You know what I'm saying? So that kind of led me into the whole arena realm, which kind of, kind of catapulted me to all the other shit that I'm doing right now, honestly. So that was like the career wise, um, how I got to kind of where I'm at professionally in high school, all that stuff.
1: Yeah. So take us kind of from your playing days into what you're doing now. Um, you know, everybody has um, that point where they realize, okay, hey, I'm not an athlete anymore. I have to take that next step into um, figure out what I'm going to be doing. Um, what was that next step for, for you?
2: Man, honestly, you know, one of the hardest things for athletes to do is transition. Like, People don't understand, like especially athletes that play at a high level, like, you know, you've been playing at a high level for the majority of your life, you've been having success. Um, you know, you've you've been kind of the cat that's been always safe, so to speak, like, you know, I know I'm gonna make the team, like another cat has been in these brinks, or even if they made the team, they're not really gonna play, right? And so to have somebody tell you at any point in time that you're not good enough to play anymore, or to come to that realization that. I physically can't do what I used to do anymore or come to the realization that, Hey, some young dudes coming through is better than me. You know what I'm saying? Like he's just, you know, he surpassed me. And so, right. So some, one of those things are going to happen. And again, for athletes, sometimes it's hard to, um, transition out of that to what's next. And, um, for me, um, you know, I knew I wanted to work in sports, um, as I got to the Cavs, I, I mean, well, I say the Cavs because Dan Gilbert owned the Gladiators at the time. And, um, you know, but Dan didn't know who the hell we were, for real, for real. I mean, he owned the team, but I maybe had seen a man maybe one time, mm-hmm. um, you know, my first year or something like that, my first two years. And so um, after that, I, 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 again, I understood, started seeing, you know, guys coming to the games in suits and what they were doing. I'm like, hell they doing, you know what I'm saying? I'm sure their paycheck is a lot bigger than mine. you know what I'm saying? But I'm the one out here basically running my head through a wall, you know what I mean? And so I started getting intrigued by a lot of things that were going on off the field. And so I, able, I was able to see Dan Gilbert one time, flashes of hope uh, event, you know, everybody dressed up for cancer CT probably know about that. And uh, when I seen him, uh, and, you know, went up to him and and, and and told him, hey, man, I think it's dope what you did with and Loans Arena with $1,200. And I just started running all the stuff down the day. And, like, he was just like, Ooh. like, what's your name again? Like, okay, like, okay, glad. Like, so what do you want to do? And I told him, like, man, I want to work in sports. I don't know why. I don't, I don't know what, but I want to work. He was like, like, give my assistant, like, you know, and, and, you know, they help you figure that out. And so, but at the time, you know, Michael um, you know, Pam, uh, Jeff Bowler at the time, um, the you know Selena, uh, I mean just a lot of people that were in the Gladiators office technically had worked for the Cavs too. Like they were all supportive front office people who was like supportive of me trying to understand the business of sports, right? So let me in meetings when they really didn't have to, you know what I mean? And and um, and so they uh, introduced me to some of the Cavs um, uh, personnel. Uh, you know, people and and it had me go meet with people and figure out what the hell I wanted to do. And so I, I, I met with all those people, came back, was like, you I think I want to be involved in the community side of the organization. And so, um, you know, I went through that transition during the off season. I would literally go to, to Cleveland maybe two times a week. I'm sitting up there on meetings. I'm sitting in on meetings. I'm meeting with people. Like this was unpaid. You know what I'm saying? It was just me just wanting to get the knowledge and the toolage of like, you know, wanting to be involved with the organization. I think for me, I had to show them too. I was like, yo, I'm committed to what I'm saying, I'm committed to. But um they end up finding me a community position, you know what I mean? That community position, I once say that they created. It was like this community liaison position. I attended the events. I you know, it was basically a representation of the organization. So um, I embraced that role. And um, from there, I was able to be, um, you know, manage our community relations, our youth affairs on the on the, on the on the charge and monster side, you know, and still have some, some slight involvement with Cavs things, you know what I mean? So it was it was like a progression to actually get to that point. And, um, you know, because I wasn't just interested in coaching, you know what I mean? Like coaching was one thing I wanted to do. It was like, oh, again, I'd rather be behind the scenes and and, and actually running a team. And that's something that I know a lot of African-Americans too, like just, you know, didn't have the opportunity or don't even have the opportunity, right, still to today to to actually be uh, one of those influential pieces um, kind of behind the scenes, you know what I mean? So I think the Cavs experience allowed me to – transition in a way that like was seamless I don't say seamless but it allowed me to have a process that I was able to really fully figure out what I wanted to do you know um which ultimately led me back to Columbus Ohio I left the Cavs and came here to be um uh, the director of operations you know for arena league teams so at the time it's like yo that's a big deal you know what I mean and um you know and, and uh which I was back in Columbus so it allowed me to kind of jumpstart our for-profit and nonprofit entities. You know what I mean? And so I was in the city, was able to test the youth like I really wanted to. And which again, which led us to, you know, legacy youth today. You know what I mean? So it was, it's been a domino effect, man. Just from playing to those relationships, going through those five years or so, you know what I'm saying? With the Cavs organization, learning a lot when it came to marketing and branding and how to make pitches and, you know, all that stuff, like I learned it there, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and so, uh, you know, here we are today, you know, it's one of the largest uh, serving youth organizations in Columbus, Ohio. Yeah. DJ, when, when you were playing, and this
0: is kind of going to be a two-parter, you were tenacious, tough, aggressive, rough. I mean, you had mentioned it, a bit of a thumper. You, would, you were downhill. hitting people making big plays first of all where did that playing style start where did you kind of create that um and and also how do you think the strengths that you had on the field carry over to to what you're doing now to be able to be also strengths for you in your in your post football professional life
2: yeah um you know just as a as a kid man i felt like Hey, man, I had so much emotion that I didn't know I had at the time, but, like, I had so much trauma built up in me, like, you know, and the things that I felt like, you know, it made me, like, aggressive, you know, and then, like, you know, um, but, but, but also, uh, I think a little bit of toxic masculinity from my mom's side. You know, my mom just, you know, hey, like, you got to be tough, like, you got to do this, you got to, you know what I mean, just kind of putting that into you, then my coaches, too. Right? Like, oh, I mean, you got to be a dog. You got to be aggressive. And just like, you got to hit, you got to run through. And like, I'm one of those people that like took to it. Like, okay. So once I figured out like, yo, like everybody don't want to hit, like they don't want to be hit. Like, you know, I think I figured it out at a young age and I started really just trying to apply that to every facet of the game. Rather I had the ball in my hands or again, I was on deeper side of the ball. Like I wanted to be aggressive. Right. That seemed to be where everybody else was preaching at the time. Think about the NFL. I want to go to the league. Like at the time, like that was like you talking about the Sean Taylors of the world, you talking about Ray Lewis, you talking about like all these man, like big time hitters, you know what I mean? And, and I was a historian of the game, Ronnie Lots and all them. Like, I'm like, cool, like that's what I want to do, you know. Um, and so that kind of transition, you know, um to, to to high school. And I started falling in love with Bob Sanders. Bob Sanders was like five, eight. But he was, he played like he was 6'3". You know what I mean? Played safety, played at Iowa, you know, and played in the Big Ten. So I was able to watch film. So I'm watching a film in Minnesota, like, but like I'm able to watch him play too. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, yo, he coming up hitting Marion Barber like that? Like, 5'8". Like, you know what I mean? So I was just like, yo, he's dope. You know, only thing I had probably better than him, like I was able to return the ball. I was a returner. You know what I'm saying? He wasn't. But, um you know, that I was a 49ers fan, you know what I'm saying? I'm still a 49ers fan. And so, again, just knowing the history of, like, Ronnie Eli, just, like, a lot of the hits, those big-time defenses and stuff like that, it was just, like, you know, I wanted to I wanted to mimic that. You know what I mean? Like, I wanted to mimic that. And so I think a large part of, of, of who I am today stems from, you know, my aggressive uh, approach, I think, and just, like, a relentless approach to, like, um, when people uh, – you know, opportunities that may or may not be there. Right. Like you kind of got to create your own way. Sometimes you got to, got to be persistent, right. Like in your quest, because like being an entrepreneur really isn't something that's just like, eat, like you've got to have some, something in you take a special person to get up every single day and not to have the security of a major corporation behind you to be successful. You know what I mean? And, 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 so it's almost like you eat, what you kill so to speak. And, and so I think that aggressive mentality, so to speak, um, and, uh, has, has transitioned to this life, uh, you know, that I'm living now currently in a way that, again, it just allows me to be able to handle failure, you know, um, to be able to, um, you know, literally, uh, now play more aggressively, but in a smarter way, right? Like like, I end up stuck, like, people don't know, but, like, I transitioned out of playing because of concussions, you know what I mean, too, like, I wanted to find something else, because I just had way too many concussions, but it's, like, now, and I'm playing that same aggressive style, but it's in a way where it's, might be typed up, you know what I mean, it might be in this form or that form, but it's still the same mindset, it's, like, let me go fucking knock down whatever obstacles in fucking front of me to reach my ultimate goal, like, I gotta get there, and if you, in a way, like, you about to get ran over, I'm going to knock you down. So I think it's the same still mentality, but again, it's just in a different way. You know, it may not come off as aggressive now, but it's still mentally wise. It's like, that's no, the same thing.
0: Yeah. I want to read the mission statement here um, for Legacy U. Cause I think, I think it's powerful. And then we'll, we'll talk a little more on it, yeah. but the mission of Legacy U is to develop and prepare student athletes for college and beyond we achieve that by providing comprehensive workshops, athletic training, and establishing meaningful relationships that strengthen ties to the community and broadens their support network.
2: Yeah,
0: I mean that sounds that sounds awesome. Yeah. Um, obviously, you're doing some great things with it. You're you're representing the the company there on your on your chest with the brand. Yeah. Tell us more about Legacy U and and tell us about that mission statement and, and why that means so much to you.
2: Yeah, man. Um, you know, I think about. I was I was I was a division. I mean, I had offers from even even Ohio State. After we won a state championship, Ohio State came back. Luke Fickle, um, Jim Trestle, Hey DJ, you know, won't you stay home? You know what I mean? And so at that point in time, that had closed my cycle on pretty much being offered by every Big Ten school. You know what I mean? Penn State, Purdue, Michigan State. You know, at that point, right? Ohio State was the last one to offer me, and so. Um, you know, uh, and then I had offers again from, you know, the West V's of the world. I mean, I mean, I mean, all over for real. And, and um, was told, was supposed to take a visit to the Florida Gators with Kewan Ratliff and them down there. It was um, Ty Willingham was a coach in order Dame, and so I took a visit there. Like literally, uh, um, you know, there was there was a lot of options on the table for me. But me being as D one athlete, I don't feel like I was equipped with the right life skills to go and be successful. You know what I mean? It was like, okay, I got to college, but it was just like, we didn't know what the hell financial literacy was. We didn't know you know, much about saving. We didn't know, we didn't care about credit. <laughs> like, 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 bro, we going to the league to make millions of dollars, bro. We don't care about no credit, bro. We pay everything in cash. Like this was the mindset that we just had growing up because cash was king. And this was what was flashed around in our community. This was like, you know, we should watch the music videos, loud change, like so perception-wise, like we couldn't have been totally more wrong than you know than what we thought this shit really was, but it was like nobody was really around to 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 truly teach us and you know and give us the 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 life skills that we would need beyond the sport. You know what I mean too, right? Like because again, you know, one nobody teaching us like yo, one day this shit gonna come to an end. And so that's where you see in the mission statement to, to broaden and, 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 and strengthen the support network, because it's like everything that I do right now and have done, like I'm walking in rooms, you know, and my currency is my relationships. You know what I'm saying? So before I ever had anything to like, like, like the relationships that I've built in the support network that I built was my currency. Like that's what would let me into some of these rooms and when i don't have a product to pitch you i have an idea like i'm relying on people to vouch for me at that particular time i'm re- I'm, I'm, you know, I'm relying on my relationships and so it's like i got that that message kind of clicked to me much later than what i felt like i needed to hear that you know what i mean and so part of what we're doing now is like hey you know i don't give a fuck if you a you know d1 prospect or you just a cat that just want to play sports till you get through high school and you'll never wanna play again. Like, you know, we have programs that can help you transition in multi-different facets just to be a productive citizen. You know what I mean? Um, and I think that, you know, that's one of the things that we felt was lacking uh, in our community specifically. Um, and so that just, you know, it, it was a niche that we thought that we can carve out for ourselves here. You know, we was able to do that. And I think that, you know, it, you know what we do is so important because we actually did this shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, like a lot of times kids, and you know this shit, man. You like, like you play sports and you know, you got people that come back. Like, ain't nothing worse than a sometimes like somebody trying to teach them shit and like they've never really kind of done it or like never had any type of like like you ain't been in the field. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I'm not listening to you, I'm not taking you serious. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so for us, it's like, nah, like. We can tell you this shit, not because we read it in a book nowhere, but because we can show you the burns, the scars. We can tell you how to stay out of adverse situations. We can tell you about the situation that you're going to be placed in when you go to college on your own and underage drinking and, you know, promiscuous sex going on. Like, like we could give you these real life stories and have you apply it right now to to understand what's ahead of people, you know, what's ahead of these kids. We could tell them how to, yo, like, what are you going to do when somebody tell you not good no more? You know, we could talk to you about injury. We could talk to you about concussion. We could talk to you about, you know, a lot of the different things that a lot of parents just can't talk about. And why can't the parent talk about it? Or why doesn't the kid maybe take to It's because it's like mom and dad didn't do it. And the harsh reality of less than 2% of of, of athletes all across this country are going to go pro, bro. Like, it's a small percentage of people, you know? And even playing at a big time level, you know, uh, 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 college, bro. Everybody playing a Big Ten level football, bro, walking in those stadiums and shit. So those experiences translate down to youth. And now with this whole NIL deal popping off, now that Ohio about to be at the forefront, too, of letting high school players, Ohio is, uh, uh, uh you know, get paid for name, image of likeness, bro. Like, the knowledge and information becomes that much more important, right? Like it becomes that much more important because I didn't understand NIL back then. Like literally Dominic Jones, you know, my kids got the games now and I still got them. But like, I was fucking number two on the game. Like my freshman year, my ratings going up as I'm playing and starting now, like, I'm like an 83. I remember I'm like an 83 overall. My speed is like a 97. Like, I remember this show. Like, I'm number two. But it got me from some small, crazy town in Ohio. But it's like, you know what I mean? It's like, that's that's DJ. You know what I'm saying? I got my yeah. two wristbands that I wore every game right here. And it's like, you know, you go into bookstores. And, you know, all, you know after my freshman year, my sophomore year, for the spring game, it was so many number two jerseys in the building. It was just like, you know. Like my name went on the back of that motherfucker, but like that's me. You know what I'm saying? They selling out in a bookstore. I, mean, I ain't got no bread. You know what I mean? I ain't getting shit from it. You know, and and so I think to understand that process and that feeling of having to go and do autographs, saying, "Hey, DJ, uh, make sure you have to, you know, the center because we got to go to the school. You got to speak and you got to do some autographs." It's like not really feeling like you had a choice. Neither. It's like this is just part of the shit. Like we paying for you to be here. Like. And so to understand that and to share with kids now, I think is 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 you know the the you know the power in that is man is is you know um, you know tremendous and is going to be able to help these kids succeed. So I think again a lot of 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 what we do now, we're offering programming, summer enrichment programs, stuff outside of sports, mentorship, um, events, etc. It's all geared towards shaping. Um, you know, kids, and, and you know, at a grassroots level, and and, and giving them opportunities for understanding, and giving them an opportunity to grow within themselves, find out who they really are, find out what they're really like, you know, um, with with some help. Hey, we're right here with you as you're trying to figure out, navigate your way through life. Like, hey, we're right here with you. You know what I mean? And we're just doing it through creative programming, bro. Like, again, I love walking in buildings and. Like, oh Mr. DJ, oh, look at his kicks, look at this. Like, you know, because I, you know, like I meet them where they are, you know, what I mean, but I was also stolen a suit for them. You know what I mean? Hey, this this event calls for us to be dressed up this way, etc. So, um, so we just build, man. I think that we've, you know, we've again we've carved out a niche for ourselves here, man, where people trust us, you know, with their kids and, and you know, you know, they trust the vision because it's consistent, right? Like, I mean, you know. Um, anything that's not consistent is going to fold and people, you know, but if you build something like people will eventually come, you know, once they know it's consistent, you're for real. So I think we've shown that thus far, too.
0: What's the process like? Or do they start at a certain age? Do, do you do you work them through kind of postgrad? What yeah. what are the uh, so, kind of demographics of that?
2: So, man, we start kids as early from mostly our kids from a training side. We don't like to get kids training until they like seven. We really don't like training kids, but we do have some parents who press their kids five and six, and so we take some of those in or whatnot. But um, from a, you know, but we offer um, a lot of the uh, you know speed agility type training for those specific kids. And as kids are transitioning into more middle school, that's when more of the robust programs come in. I'm talking about like our summer enrichment program you know, uh, where our college visits and, you know, college tours and stuff like that come up um, and then all the way up through seniors, you know what I mean? And so a lot of our, um, I think we've been, you know, rocking for two and a half years, you know what I mean? So a lot of people that have transitioned out of our program, maybe went to college, part of that, our our, our connection still to them is like, you know, making them understand and be fully aware that, okay, hey, you know, you're in year two of your college career, you know, is the NFL a realistic thing or is the NBA a realistic thing right now? If it's not like that's okay, but like, where do we go? Like, all right, so how do we start to shift your attention? What are some things that you want to do? And I think is, is, um, you know, for our kids who are right in that sweet spot of probably again, six, sixth grade to, 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 um, to 12th grade, you know, um, they're going to have a lot of more of the opportunities to be a part of um, we got our life skills for college and beyond course. That's pretty dope. We got our uh, future, our future black executives program. That's going to be super dope. Uh, I mean, that's super dope for them. Again, like our summer enrichment programs, our after school programs. Um, so that, that specific age group benefits more from more, uh, more from that. Uh, a lot of our kids from K through eight benefit a lot from being in our youth sports league too. U Sports League offers our award shows. It offers not only obviously they're playing football, they're playing the season, but we offer them opportunity to travel. They, you know, they need to, if they can make it. And so uh we've we've used we've used the 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 little league sports as opportunity to um you know to impact kids off the field too. You know, we just pretty much leverage them playing if they but they gotta attend programs and different stuff like that if they want to be able to play. And so ultimately helps their education as well, too. So um, but yeah, man, that's, 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 that's kind of the, the framework right now.
1: Now, as you transition from being a professional athlete, um, you know, having a lot of ex- success at the college level, at the professional level, um, moving into a position where you're learning something completely new on, on the other side of, of the field, right? So in, in the, in the front office, learning that new skill. And then taking both of those things, kind of merging those two different approaches into legacy U, and understanding that like you're helping those athletes that you're in front of um, realize the connections between what we can learn in sport, what we can learn outside of sport, um, and how to yeah. kind of shape our, our future and how we have some onus and control over our, our, our future um, as you're kind of transitioning more into that mentor role. Um, have you had any paradigm shifting moments that have, uh, changed or improved the way that you communicate, um, to, to the athletes and the youth that you're in front of? Um,
2: you know, what's, I think what, what sometimes is, is, uh, is difficult for us is, um, you know, some parents just don't understand and, and, and realize, how they can negatively affect their kids um, when it comes to the way that they push them. A lot of parents are pushing their their goals and what they wanted to do as adults. They're pushing those those same uh, you know goals and expectations on kids that may not want to do what mom and dad's dream wanted to be, and and so a a lot of what we have to fight through sometimes or try to get across to some parents is hey, yo, kick back. You know, we got some parents that wanna train a six-year-old six days a week. I'm like, that's not gonna make him be more of an NFL or NBA prospect or whatever prospect you think he's gonna be, because you're pushing him six days a week. If anything, he's gonna be burnt out and done by the time he's ninth grade. He's not gonna wanna play anymore. You know what I mean? And so I think a lot of times. Um, communicating with parents, giving them the accurate information, because a lot of parents are either misinformed or uninformed, you know, about key things when it comes to their kids and when it comes to you know what they need to be successful, because they just generally don't know. And we've um, we've we've won people over by being consistent. I think consistency has been, you know, you know, one of the things that's. Uh, helped us kind of separate ourselves um you know from everyone else that's you know doing this you know and um you know so when cats are literally uh coming to us you know for answers or coming to us for you know seeking advice man we're able to really pull from a lot of examples and touch point on and, and 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 if we can't pull from our own examples like Again, I talked about our support network. Like, I can call this person over here. I can call, cut my buddy from Ohio State. I can call, cut my buddy that's in the league right now. Like, I can make these calls and people pick up the phones. And so I think that, you know, it's allowed us to, to truly um, be able to give our kids, a um, you know, a well rounded experience, man. Because again, I, I, like, I never tell a kid that he won't go pro in anything i always say what are you gonna do after you're done that's my way of like trying to get them to transition their thoughts so i'm not really killing their dreams of you're not going to go to the league bro you're not good enough to go to the league i'm not killing that dream because that's what gets you up every morning that's what gets you going to practice that's good like keep it right so i just ask them the simple question of what are you gonna do when you're done you know because that could be high school that could be college or that could be the pros you know and um it really starts to get his kids thinking about other things um and i think that that's where you know we get um no i mean that no, we're proud about because i mean our other programs offer those opportunities for kids outside of just the sports realm, who's been taught that sports was the only way for a while you know what i mean um, and so again i think using those experiences that that I was able to get, you know, with the Cavs. I tell people all the time, like, I work for an organization. I got an NBA championship ring, and I never scored a bucket. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and, you know, I say that because I was just a part of a team. Like, I was a small piece of a of a, of a a bigger team, and you don't nearly have to see team one championships before. It, you know, those teams that are going to win shifts, yeah, you got to be talented, right? Like, that's part of it, but there there, there, there has to be some sort of sacrifice for the betterment of the team for everybody to reach one particular goal. It, it just has to be some sacrifice when everybody's in. You know, some people are going to sacrifice more than others. And so we're literally trying to transition our thought process to the youth. And um, sometimes parents get in the way of that. Um, and again, not because they just want to be assholes or they just, a lot of times they just don't know. They're like, like, like they think they, care but And that they're helping, but they just don't know, and so they rely on our expertise um, to to in, in our experience to help get them there some of them do
0: what should they be prioritizing? I know a lot of times in the conversations we have, you know like you said, training they're, they're young kids six days a week, and you know we we don't we don't think that's the best route what What do you think parents and, and speaking as a parent uh, what do you think they should be
2: prioritizing I think literally we should be prioritizing education we should be prioritizing uh you know relationships um and when I say relationships I mean you know I, like like I'm super big on networking and talking to people and so we should be prioritizing that with our kids we should be prioritizing letting them figure it out like like not pigeonholing them you know what I mean like so many people like when I was growing up my mom knew football and like that's pretty much it was in my basket here you go right like i really didn't have a chance to explore other opportunities like i did i didn't i didn't get a chance to play soccer when i was young i didn't get a chance to you know do a lot of other stuff that i probably you know golf we talked about that like i like like allow your kids to expand their minds at a young age and they'll trust like they'll gravitate to what they love and what they like to do and then you figure out how okay how do we okay so how do i support that right like how do we get you better, okay, oh, you love this? Okay, cool, like, I'm with it. Like, this is what you get excited about. And so I think that, you know, it's hard to tell parents, you know, what to do. Obviously, you know, like like it's their kids, right? But I think that, you know, prioritizing uh, the things that have longevity um, is 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 paramount, right? Um, I think a lot of the, you know, the killings that we got going on in our country, a lot of the uh, racism and, you know, inequities that we got in our country um it starts at home bro like no kid is born a racist bro you know what i'm saying like 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 they actually learn these behaviors, like they learn this practice or these mindset from somewhere they have to right um and and so i, I believe that you know we should be prioritizing kids having fun and, and and again allowing them to come into their own like they'll literally show you what they're interested in if your parents you got pay attention you know what I mean? And obviously, they need some guidance along the way. But for the most part, it's like, let kids be kids. You know, it was one of the best things I could have did for my own kid was, he was like, man, you, know, you ain't got your son doing this, doing that. When he was five, six, seven, eight, nine years old. I'm like, nah, he's good. I'm just letting him kind of do his thing. And then now that he's, you know, gotten older, like he start, his seventh, eighth grade year, he started to really take it serious. Now it's ninth grade year, now it's tenth, like, he's continued to elevate every year, and it's like, I didn't even have to press him, You know what I mean? So I tested that theory out when I didn't really know if I was doing the right thing or not. Like I had him around us, you know, at the games and stuff mm-hmm. like that, but like, I wasn't pressing him to even play. I wasn't pressing him to play. It's like, bro, this is what you want to do. Like you could, but I ran my race. Like it's your journey. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm setting my legacy. So I would just say, those are some of the things that I would prioritize, um, you know, kids right now, you know, just let them explore, let them figure out what they want to do, um, you know, and, and you know, you know, talk about you know some of the things that we've talked about with your kids right now to at home again because I don't believe that kids are born racist or, you know, um, you know, no, no, they aren't born bullies, etc. Like they just stuff that they learn and, and and pick up.
0: DJ, I've got a vivid memory of traveling from Lorraine, where we had training camp, mm-hmm. down to Cleveland for for a Cavs event, mm-hmm. and you had just started coaching. You were playing the year before, just started coaching after that. The whole drive, 40 minutes, 45-minute drive, you were telling the guys in the bus about how we needed to market ourselves, how we needed to make relationships, how we needed mm-hmm. to communicate. And I remember sitting there and thinking, I can't even remember who was was in the bus at the time because I was so focused on what you were saying from the driver's seat. Yeah. And I remember thinking, this information that you're sharing basically for free is is unbelievable and i hope these guys are listening to what you're saying and are using it and are then going to take this information to then market themselves as an athlete as whatever it is they wanted to be um i i think about that because it sounds like you were self-taught you learned all that stuff yourself yeah and then i think about the offer that you have to the youth that at, at legacy you how do you think your outcome would have changed if you would have been in a in a program as a kid like what you're running now
2: i just think i would have been more aware um and i do remember that 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 conversation too i remember i remember that i remember that time um but i just think i'd have been more aware um and I would have been more prepared, like literally. I mean, I, I was talking to my son literally last night. And I was telling my son about, um, think about how you feel when you really know that you study for a test. Like you really know that I put in the work, I put in the time to study for his test. And you actually go into the test, like the process of waking up in the morning, getting to school, like actually walking into the classroom to actually sitting down and actually taking the test. getting up from it's like you feel totally different i'm like ah i I did pretty well on that like because you put in the work like right like you literally know you guys went and studied think about the person who's walking into that school or waking up that morning that skimmed over their notes 20 minutes beforehand their level of anxiety and their confidence going into that test is going to be shot like it is just it's not going to be where yours are. It's just naturally so Like I literally talked to him about that last night and transformed it to everything that he wants to do now. And, bro, it's like, you have to put in the time to prepare for whatever it is that you want to do. Like, whatever it is. And so when the opportunity does come, like, you won't have to spend time getting ready. Like, because you're ready. Like, you've been preparing. And so when you're able to speak, like, I didn't know when I was going to meet Dan Gilbert, like, have a true chance to really talk to him. But just the mere fact that I knew, like, who he was, that he owned half of Detroit, like, what he did to start Quick Loans and Arena. I was just able to spitfire that when I actually seen him. I was just prepared for that moment. I didn't know that God was preparing me for that moment. But, like, to me, like, that's what it goes back to is just, like, getting information and just being prepared. So, like, I feel like if I was able to have that information a lot younger you know, and, and stuff that I learned a lot younger – it would have prepared me to make better decisions as a seven, as a, as an as a 18 year old, 19 year old, you know, um, being a big time athlete, right? Like there's just some things that I, I, I probably would have been more cognitive of, you know what I mean? And, and and would have been able to, um, you know, prepare myself better. But I also think that like, it's the gift and the curse too, because I don't think like, I'm like, I'm one of those people that believes that, um, like God does everything for a reason. It's like, you know, I'm not sure with what what 20 year old DJ would have done with millions of dollars at that at that specific time. Um, you know, I was projected, shit. They, you know, there's 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 32. Now there's more. But at the time, there's around about 42 defensive backs that was getting drafted a year. You know, it was like, and they had me in the top 10 around. Uh, well, like 11 for 12 of. 42 divisive backs, right, so second round, possibly third, like, it just all depends, right, Um, but I'm I'm not sure I got the same message about life, it wasn't for me, like, taking the journey that I was able to take, right, like, I don't, I'm not, I'm not sure I'd be sitting here today with Legacy U, um, reflecting on, you know, all the things that could have made me a better man, could have made me a better athlete, like, I'm not sure, right? So I feel like in large part is, you know, God just placing a lot of stuff within me to, to, to be able to come and give back. So a lot of these cats can be better. So I just think that um, you know, me, me, um, you know, me having the information, me, me um being able to make informed decisions, bro, like that would have helped me out um tremendously.
0: Yeah. Make a, a lot of good points there. And I've had people ask me similar things about the arena football league. Like, man, don't you wish you, you know, had the shot that you play in the NFL and and you just say, I don't know. I wouldn't be here for sure. Yeah. You know, right now, if I wouldn't have had the experience I had yeah. and, and I'm extremely grateful for where I am now. So it's, it's interesting. I think some people sometimes need to just kind of switched their perspective on that
2: yeah it was i mean shit thing i mean i was in i don't know if you remember this but like like i had a little discrepancy with our organization with 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 the with you know um with the destroyers i mean not i mean i mean with the uh with the gladiators because i went out and made these number two shirts i mean, remember like it was like these cartoon yeah yeah with shirts. the triangle and yeah it said no tough. fly zone has no yeah. fly zone on it which is our hashtag that we made up. And I actually went to the Cavs, like, went to own them. like, yo, I got this shirt I want to put into our team store. Like, can we cut a deal? Like, it was like, ah, uh, you know, I, I'm not sure that was like something that they really wanted to do. I was like, cool. You know, because I wanted the actual real jersey, you know, with the gladiators on it and all that. And so I took them to mock up. They was like, stoke, but they never bid on it. I was like, cool. I kind of, so I went back to the graphic designer, took the gladiators off but made it red and black, I basically took the college model of how I felt in college, like that's fucking Dominic Jones, that number two jersey you selling is Dominic Jones, and I fucking sold them on online, I just posted it, sold my own online, bro, I sold like 300 shirts, 400 shirts, bro, at like $25, you know what I'm saying, so it was like, cool, I take I take it, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? I think some of them was like $32, like the extra, like the triple X and 4X size that we ordered was like $32 or $35. So it was just like, cool. And I ain't got to share it with y'all. You know what I'm saying? And so it's just that mentality of like controlling your own narrative. Like, how do you do that and still like fit in, right? Like, how do you think beyond the game? And that's why I think I was always encouraging cats to understand. I mean, I still talk to some arena cats today. Like, man, how do I, I love what you're doing. How do you you know what I mean, and I have no problem with giving game, but it's just like, you know, um, it's something about having the information and then apply it. I can tell you, I don't be have, I, I don't have, you know, I'm not, I'm not recreating a wheel here. Um, I don't got these Einstein type, you know, ideas and capabilities. I literally have this some of the same ideas of a lot of other people. What's different is the execution. That's like literally the difference. You think and you thought about it. You might have even wrote it down. I did the same shit. Difference is I put that in the action. I put that in the motion. I followed up this one. Like I'm the king of follow-up emails. Hey, just want to follow up. I haven't heard, you know what I mean? So it's mm-hmm. like the execution is the thing that's different between, you know, me and a lot of people, and just the execution is gonna be different between successful and unsuccessful people. That's 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 merely what it is. And so a lot of our cats that played arena football are super smart. Um, you know, and, I, you know, I think a lot of them just I don't I don't think the arena football league done a good job of like, you know, um, you know, preparing, you know, athletes for, you know, uh, real life. I mean, with the salary that we were making at the time, I mean, there's just no way you can play this game for eight, 10 years, 12 years and, and like retire and be set for life. Like there's just mm-hmm. there's just no way. Right. So it's like what other things could we have been doing? to prepare at like i think about that shit and so um you know but again i still talk to cats today man just trying to give them some 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 information and 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 things that i ultimately make them better and sometimes that wasn't liked by like ownership sometimes sometimes as a coach and as a director like i was giving cats information that that i thought they needed to hear and know so they could make best life decisions for them bro and again that's not Probably with ownership group because information, bro. we you start getting information, you start making informed decisions for it, best for yourself, not for an owner. You know what I'm saying? Not for a league. You know what I'm saying? Like, bro, you got to literally make the best decision for yourself. And so um, I think a lot of that transition over to, uh, you know, again, just the way I've always been. And, and hell, we were the team that led the strike. And, you know, that all yeah. ended up getting cash yeah. paid, man. You know what I mean? And so I think just having the knowledge again. You know, same shit that, like, cats like, you know, I think, like, the UFC is going through right now trying to, hey, do we unionize? Hey, somebody's making a whole bunch of money. We're not really capital Like, yes, like, somebody's getting paid, bro. Like, NIL, like, somebody's getting paid. You know what I'm saying? All these cats from across the country, from Cali and Texas and Florida, some of the top players on Twitter right now are talking about parents, too, Off Ohio passed this law that lets Ohio – I mean, that lets uh, high school players – you know take advantage of nil we're moving to ohio img academy is talking about how do we we might have to place a school in ohio if the nil takes place because we're gonna lose cats cats can get paid million high school high, be high school kids can get paid millions of dollars but it's a gift and a curse who's gonna be teaching these kids who's gonna be literally making sure that these 15, 16, 17 year old kids aren't getting taken advantage of it as well, right? Like there's so much to think about. Um, and and so there has to be things and programs and you know stuff in place, but it's like it's moving, bro. It's happening. Like it's happening. <laughs> I I can't imagine. Yes, it's happening, bro. It's like yeah, shit. and I
1: kind of I kind of go back to like a couple of the things that you wove into. Into your story some some traits that you developed over over the over the years uh, including that that self-awareness that ability to reflect that uh creative outside the box thinking right not everybody was coming out with t-shirts or going to seek a graphic designer um, to to put some uh put to some put a product out there um you know Mm -hmm. to to be able to think critically uh, about your given situation what's best for me in this moment Um, And then to be able to take action on those in the execution, um, do you feel like with that influx of cash to a high school kid, we might end up negatively impacting those abilities um, to be able to develop awareness, creativeness, critical thinking skills? Uh, Because, you know, for me, those things didn't develop until later um, as I was maturing as a young adult. Um, To me, that kind of like you know, I, I understand, like, hey, people are making money off of these high school athletes. Um, but at the same time, like, we might lose out on some development of those qualities and our ability to to have uh, a self-awareness and an ability to reflect on who am I as an 18-year-old kid.
2: Yeah, I mean, hell, even at 21, sometimes I was still trying to figure it out, right? Like, 22, 23, like, I still, like, I turned 30. It was like, I got to figure it out. I was like, uh, like, so I, so I almost feel like, you know, we're constantly evolving and like figuring things out as we move in this thing called life, like, like full of and flows. Right. And, you know, um, i talk to my kids all the time about watching. I was like, 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 I still just watch the draft. Like it's a game right? At least the first and second rounds, like I'm, I'm paying attention to everybody. And you see a lot of cats every year fall in the draft because when they were 15, 16 years old, they might've sent out a tweet that was like homophobic or they might've sent out a racial tweet or maybe rapping some lyrics or something happened where all that dropped his draft stock. He, he, you know where they question somebody's character, and so I try to tell my kids now in the era of social media, because we do social media training with our kids. But I hate when I hate. I told our kids when like, what does a post and delete mean? Like kids are like, look, oh, this is a post and delete. Like I ain't leaving this up here for long. It's like, bro, it's already screenshot. It's already screen recorded. You can delete it if you want to, but it's out there, right? And so I think like part of what the investment has to be with Ohio High School Association is, they now have to be willing to put forth the funding to make sure that there's adequate curriculum that gives kids and parents the information about those opportunities, right? Like the money has to be like carved out to provide education. And, and provide information to athletes so they don't get taken advantage of. It's still it's still adults right now in the NFL and the NBA and Major League Baseball and, 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 and the hockey that get taken advantage of. I mean, they're, they're like, it's still, like, I don't think that'll ever not happen. Like, you're just always gonna have scumbags who, you know, wanna take advantage of people and those are gonna be out there. I just think that, like, you know, I, I guess I'm one of those people, like, you think about some of the YouTubers right now, the kids. They literally get paid million, two million dollars to play with toys. You know what I'm saying? Like, they, like we literally have kids that are getting paid, you know, one million, two million dollars to like promote a dance. You got TikTok professional TikTokers that are getting X amount. Like, these are young kids too, right? And, and so, so somebody has to be helping them, you know, with their finances and with their nods, etc. And they're not beating their bodies up for real fruit. Real. They ain't taking blows. They ain't taking hits. You know what I'm saying? These hits is totally enough from little league to middle school ball to high school ball. To so it's like, it's like, I, I'm, you know, where that fear is like real, That fear that you're talking about is real. I I, I get it. Um, I, it's, it's almost like, shit, you know, like, you know, if this is going to happen, let's start to set some things in place right now, Um, you know, for us to be able to be that support system. I mean, think about, you know, in Cleveland right now, like there's an opportunity to like, you know, like, cause this shit is going to happen and, you know, and can they come to, you know, you got Like, is there something that's framework that's built out for parents too, for parents and built out for kids to help understand it more? Cause some kids, they still don't understand what NIL really is. Well, yeah, you hear name, image, and likeness, but like, what does that really mean? You know, what is my value? What is my worth? How do I determine that? Right. Um, and so again, I just think it's all about education, bro. Like, you know, kids are very smart. You know, we 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 just have to put the right things and the right people in front of them. It's not gonna happen to everybody. You're gonna have some kids that get taken care of. I mean, maybe I get taken advantage of for sure. It's just just part of it. But it's just like, you know, I would, I would, I would, if, 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 if my son was had the capability to go earn himself uh, X amount of dollars um, for a name and image that you know he's earned, it's like cool, bro. Let's find out how to how to package this and, and, and make it best success for you going forward, moving forward. And again, a lot of parents won't know because they haven't dealt with it. Hell, we didn't deal with it. You know what I mean? But I think that we have a better understanding of it, um, being in this realm and, and, and to be able to help youth out. So it's gonna rely on people like us to like step in and like be a part of that transition. Not to say that we can't get paid from it too, because I think it's important to pay to get with again Ohio High School Athletic Association, to get with all supporting school districts, like this need to be a curriculum. You know what I'm named? Like, like you literally could literally teach a nine-week course on fucking name, image, and likeness. You could. You literally could. You know, help them understand.
1: And I, I think even if that ends up coming to fruition, just because an athlete is getting paid for their name, image, and likeness doesn't mean they like their own name, they like their own image, and they like their own likeness. And True. I think that's kind of more of my underlying concern with something like that is because we already yeah. have that issue in athletics. With kids that are getting put on a pedestal, um, what are some things that that you do at, at Legacy U that help create that ability to reflect for an athlete that help bring out that creative um, aspect that I, I think it's left brain could be right brain but that other side of of the brain and then the the ability to to take action and that little nudge. What are some things that you weave into your curriculum at, at Legacy U to touch on those uh, critical? aspects of the developing athlete or the developing human
2: yeah uh, so we got wellness Wednesdays and um wellness Wednesdays is an opportunity for us to literally have round table barbershop type discussions um about current events things that are going on in the world about their personal lives I make them give me every I make them give me one thing that, that you know one thing that's positive that happened to them this week and give me one thing that that, you know, happened to you negatively, like, you know, that, that, that made you upset or something like that. And merely what we're doing is, um, I want them to recognize and understand that there's there's, things like, no matter how bad you think your life is, like, like one, the mere fact that you woke up this morning, is like a win, right? Like that means that God has something for you, you know, like you just got to keep moving. Right. But I want them to understand, like something positive happened to you, like, but what was it? So there's this thought process of, going through their days I'm like oh yeah that was good okay well well, but that was positive too like and actually articulating it like it does something to um you know a kid and, and also again being able to talk about something that didn't happen so well I mean I love giving those right? I mean because I participate in it too and I'm giving them things that like piss me off or things that had me upset you know what I mean and and I think they just see you know, uh, you know, it, 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 it kind of humanizes everything that we're doing and humanizes us too. You know what I mean? It's like, hey, although I'm your coach, although I'm a mentor, etc. it's like, I still go through things too. But I'll also share them with y'all because guess what? Did I miss a workout? I was upset that day, but did I show up for you? You know what I'm saying? So it like kind of prioritizes things that although I may be upset and going through things that I can share them with a group of people, I cannot be judged, right? Um, you know, suicide rates and, you know, things for that kids, you know, depression and youth and kids, you know, was at an all-time high during COVID, you know, so coming out of that, what kids were able to, you know, fully express themselves now and really just having a platform to a lot of kids don't want to express themselves in front of their parents. Sometimes they were scared to get in trouble, you know? And so I think what we've done for our athletes is provide a safe house to um, express anything that may be on their hearts, whether it be sport related or not, and then be able to adequately get them the resources that they need to be successful. So if I just deem that a kid is, is, you know, he's consistently just super depressed about certain things, et cetera. It's like at that point now that I can go get him the natural help that I think that he really needs. Maybe he needs a sports psychiatrist. Maybe he needs this. Maybe he, you know, um, if someone's struggling with, you know, food, you know, and I know like, like I'm literally able to pick up all the conversations. Some of the kids don't really know sometimes, but I'm picking up like what other wraparound resource does, this family need that maybe we don't even offer, so now I gotta outsource it. But like I'm fine with that, you know. Um, and, and so I think that, you know, you know, we've done a good job uh, up to this point, and still figuring out how to get better by just having open dialogue in forms. Um, I, I think ideally we would like to do more with parents. You know, um, you know we've had a couple of a couple of uh, sessions with them, and, and those always go well. But I think I would want to do more with parents. Um, because when, when kids are leaving us and going home, you know, the messaging has to reflect or stay the same or be supportive of one another for us to really get to where we got to go to. That's why, that's where the term it takes a village comes from. You know what I mean? <laughs> like your kid can come to me for a few hours out of the day, which is great, but you know, that kid got to go home at some point. And if those same principles and, and, you know, things aren't being, being pushed at that point in time, like it, it, it's kind of a um you know regressive um you know kind of action at that point so but yeah bro that's I think that's the that's the thing that um we've we've you know we try to do to give our kids a platform to 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 be responsible and open and, and share whatever they need to I, I think
1: that's, that's funny that you talk about coaching the parents, because that's immediately what I thought of when you talked about the parent that wanted their six-year-old training six days a week. I was like, that parent needs some coaching, maybe. Maybe not the kid so much, but <laughs> um, definitely, definitely the is. parent. And, and then recently, I was, watching, I was watching TV, and a commercial came on, um, and there was a, uh, it was a dinner table scene, and the, um, the, the young student looked really upset. Um, the mom said, what's wrong? um and the kid just started crying and then walked to their room and then they start texting um and they're like what's going on and they send a song and then the other parent the parent now sends a song to the kid and then everything's okay again um and and we have lost our ability to express ourselves and and i made my wife watch this and i was like do you see what's going on here they're they're marketing this they're pushing this this is okay to our society to have a text interaction about depression with our own child. Like, let's pay attention to what this narrative is and, and let's make sure that we can be better if we're ever lucky enough to, to bring kids to, to this world. Um, and yeah. and that, that jarred me and that that stuck with me. Um, and I think the expression and in, in, in your ability to communicate is so important. Um, athletes that go to Legacy, you are lucky to have mentors in addition to their parents. Um, yeah. What are some mentors at afar, if kids don't have immediate access to Legacy U, or they don't have mentors in their immediate circle, are there books that you would be able to recommend? Are there, are there authors that have written good books? Um, are there other online resources that, that kids can find to kind of get a mentor from afar?
2: Um, I would just, um, one book that's not like too demanding, right? Because you talk about reading sometimes. I don't know even with our kids, like reading is such a uh, you know, depending on where you come from, man, it could, it could, it could be scary, it could be aggressive, right? Like, you know, you think about reading a whole bunch of books and pages like, but 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 a nice read that will help any, 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 any athlete, any, any student, really any parent as well, um, is purpose driven life um by rick warren all right so that's the name of the book It's called purpose driven life by rick warren now you have to have a little bit of discipline with reading this book because you only got it i think it's like 44 days um which you read this book for 44 days you only read one chapter at a time one day you know and you digest this chapter but it really helps put a lot of things in perspective um so i'll recommend that book um purpose driven life by rick warren and then i will also recommend that like you know, um, in the space where you are at, find someone um, to um, to 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 gravitate to 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 tap into. So what I mean by that, like like a lot of our students talk about, um, they got a favorite teacher, you know, or you know they got a favorite administrator, you know that they just cling to. Um, they got a favorite uncle. They got a favorite a favorite something somewhere right and it's like I always say like if my kid is not talking to me like I want to talking to somebody like I, like I don't really care like I want you expressing yourself and being able to you know get it out instead of keep it in and then like you know for me even with my wife like my kids will go talk to her about certain things and won't talk to me but it's like I I don't care like you're talking to someone you're talking to her you know and ultimately like it comes back to me right like in some form so i'm still getting it even if you don't come to me i think that's 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 super huge too and it's like a lot of the teachers that i know and stuff too it's like they'll talk to students and be involved but it's like okay if they feel like something is hey i need to get mom or Luke dad and stuff and get involved it's like it's this supportive system that um you know that that you know, that has to be there, bro. Like, it truly takes a village, bro. We leave her, like, think about majority of your life, bro. Like, you leave your mom and your dad or your family, whoever it is, like, where you leave them roughly 7, 8 a.m. in the morning to go to school all the way till 3 p.m., you know? And it's like, some people got extracurricular activity after school, so that's leads you to a 4.35. It's like, you're literally gone from your parents five days a week, like, from that. Like, you're actually gone more from them than you are with them. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you're relying on, society to help you parent your kid bro like when you see my kid in a strange situation i tell him, man you see my kid out doing something ain't supposed to like save him like let him like let him hey you shouldn't be doing this you know put it out there so it's like you literally relying on the village to take care of your kid and uh it's the scariest shit in the world you know what i mean but that's where it is because you can't be with them 24 7 you gotta work you gotta do this so um but i would say if you don't have anybody again going back to the original question that's directly You know, like a legacy, you or whatnot. um, You know, find find that person in whatever it is that you enjoy doing or you love spending time at, and lean on them.
0: Great answer, man.
2: Um, You've hit on this a couple
0: different times. We've talked about communication. We've talked about you know working with the parents. We've talked about consistency, and we usually wrap up with the question: What do you think we're missing in the strength and conditioning industry? But because you have so much experience in tons of different industries. Um, I want to know from your perspective as maybe an entrepreneur or a business owner or as a coach or as a player, what do you think we are missing that if we would, again, as people who work with, you know, work with youth and work with kids, um, what do you think we're missing that if we would start doing today, that we'd be able to benefit our, our athletes better?
2: Um, I think that, um, kids naturally, um, you know, a lot of kids, um, need or have lacked, um, the, the consistency of, of, of people who care about them, like regardless of how successful or unsuccessful they're being on the field or off, it's like, I don't care how many touchdowns you score, I how many buckets you score, I don't care how many home runs you hit, like, I care about you, the person, right? And so, I don't think um, a lot of kids are supported in other ways. For example, we try so hard amongst our staff to make sure we're showing up at um, events that have nothing to do with the sport like at all you know and so um <clears throat> you know show up at birthday parties you know we're going to show up you know at all these different things that has nothing to do with the sport and I think it builds a bond that goes beyond any sport could ever take you and that's the legacy aspect that's 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 that's, that's the strengthening ties you know in our community like and, and so I go back to uh, fostering relationships and building our network, again, uh, your currency, until you get out here in the world and you're able to do some things and you're able to document, like, your currency is going to be your relationships. And so, um, you know, we're, we're you know, we're doing a program right now um, with Columbus Police Department here in Franklin University and our city attorney's office. Um, we're literally taking our kids at grass, at the, at the, at the grassroots level and we're starting to build these these bonds. Majority of the kids are African American kids, and you know, majority of the police who are policing the communities are, you know, not the same color as them. You know, so how does this interaction work, right? Like, so even again, even beyond the sports, but like, how we just communicate and building bonds with humans, like like building relationships. Like my kids always say, "Oh, Coach DJ, we think he might be undercover." Like they say that because of all the relationships. That I have with officers, right? Like, and um, so I like I, like everything draws back to just you know relationships and understanding that um the game is just that like you know it's gonna take you to some places. And you know, I'm grateful for the game. Like we talked about it, right? Right, like like man, I'm grateful for the ring. Like it took me to some cities, it took me to some places. I met some awesome people, you know what I mean? But that's that's that that wasn't the nugget for me. Like the nugget was like like being able to draw from all of those put those within myself right right like, like and, and and be able to share them with the world from my perspective you know so so um again man I think if we was you know missing anything man it's just to know that um you know the the you know preaching that and pushing the narrative that like this is you know sports is just a gateway it's just an avenue. To get you to a larger purpose. Like, I don't think that that's really pushing enough. You know, um, You know, a, a guy told me, asked me one time, what was gonna be your purpose? And this was before I got to the Destroyers, I mean, before I got to the Gladiators. And I was like, you know, like play football, you know, try to get to the league. Like, I was like, okay, what's gonna be your purpose? And I'm like, uh, like, I'll try to get to the league, try to take care of my family, whatever I gotta do. You know, just get back out in the field. He said, cool. He said, well, um, how was, how was, how was, uh, he said, he said, your purpose is supposed to have eternity. He said, so you sit here telling me that football is, is, you know, going to be your purpose when you, you know, you leave. Like that's, that's, I couldn't be, I couldn't be accurate. Like your purpose is supposed to, you know, I don't got no shelf life, you know? And he was like, the game does. It was just like, damn, like, so it really started making me under like start to wrap my head around like what my true purpose is going to be to this world and i now understand what he's saying is because the game literally took me to some places to be able to help springboard my larger purpose even when i'm dead and gone um you know the things that we're instilling the kids will be able to be passed down to other generations right like um You know, the, 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 the events that we have, the experience of college tours, et cetera, like we're literally leaving a legacy that when we're dead and gone, people, kids will be able to talk about their experiences for years. You know what I mean? When it comes to legacy. So I think that's the bigger picture that a lot of people who are in, um, and, you know, in a position to, to help, to help our youth out, just have to understand it's just a bigger purpose. DJ,
0: I've always looked up to you as a player as a coach, as of as a father, as a, you know, an entrepreneur um, always looked up to your work ethic. And I so much appreciate you coming on, cut off some coffee here and sharing your, your story, um, you know, and giving us some great nuggets to be able to take away from. And, and hopefully people, you know, can take some of the things you said and start using them today to help benefit themselves, their lives, the people who they affect. and And they need to understand that, you know, hopefully they can understand that they've got a bigger effect on, on people and, and kids who see them every day when, when they sometimes don't think they do. So we Absolutely. appreciate you so much coming on. Where can people find you, man, if they want to be in contact with you, or if they want to know more.
2: Yeah, man, you can go um, Instagram. Uh, I am Dominic Jones. Um, or you can uh, go on Facebook, just Dominic Jones. Um you can go on uh, Instagram at uh, We Are Legacy U. Um we got We is actually our website. Um, so yeah, man, you could tap into any of those and and and, uh, and check in.
0: Absolutely. And we always leave our listeners with this and you you touched on it and have have gratitude. Yeah. Um, yeah. one thing we say at, at the end of every episode. So if you've made it this far, you're still listening. Continue to practice gratitude. Tell the people that you love that you love them and live this life stimulating. Thanks, everybody. It's been episode 41 with Dominic Jones. See y'all. Thanks.